listening to Falling Into Soul. This is McCall Erickson, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad you're here. It's amazing that so many of you are tuning in and listening and getting something from these episodes. I've said before to some of you that this is a culmination of so much of my soul work and life of about 20 years now, bringing all my gifts and my abilities together to bring these episodes to you. So to have them received and to know that you're getting something from them really means a lot. So thank you to all of you who are giving me feedback, sending me messages, letting me know you're listening, you're there, and you care. I appreciate it. In this episode, I want to talk about what I think is one of the most confusing aspects of the soul path, and that's when we awaken to our deeper sense of soul, our deeper sense of self, and we get a glimpse of our, you know, our deeper desires, our truer desires, why we're here in the world, and we try to bring those desires into the world. We try to, we try to meet them, but it doesn't work out. How is it possible that we can feel so meant for something, so meant that our life is meant for something and have it so not work out? It doesn't make any sense. It's very confusing. And I'm not just talking about surface desires for materialistic things. I'm talking about when we awaken and we come into contact with our gifts and our and our soul abilities and we, we get a deeper sense of why we're here. And we try to live that in the world and it doesn't work out, whether it be our healing gifts, our relational gifts, wanting to to find a soulmate, um, wanting to bring music into the world for myself. That was my thing. I really, when I awakened to my soul purpose, my soul energy, I should say, I felt like my soul purpose was music. But everything I did to bring it into the world just did not work. And I can... You know, this happened multiple times on my path with different things where I really felt like I identified a core desire of mine. And when we identify those core desires and go for it, why does it not work out sometimes? It's so confusing. Or on the other hand, we can do all the inner work and all the awakening work and still not really identify a sole purpose, which is also confusing. I've known people who have done so much inner work and so much awakening work and still have the question what is my soul purpose I still don't even know how is how is that possible how can we do so much inner work to find out who we are and why we're here and still feel so purposeless sometimes there's so much stigma and so many misconceptions around soul purpose finding and living your true soul purpose we all want to feel purposeful we need meaning meaning helps us live but i think we've built up some stigma around the soul purpose thing especially in the spiritual world it's very marketable to find and live your soul purpose and i think we attach so much to it our worth our worth of our life like If we can find our soul purpose, then we're going to be okay. If we can find our soul purpose, it will actually save us from having to live life head on. If we can find our soul purpose, then our life has meaning and worth, right? But it doesn't always work like that for a lot of us. It's just so much more complex when it comes to these alchemical processes. Because not to spoil the ending too much for anyone, but the whole point 
of the alchemical processes, the point of the philosopher's stone is to give the soul a direct experience with life, to put the soul in direct relationship with life. Our souls don't seek anything in particular. They just seek life itself. And yet we've created this stigma around soul purpose, almost using our soul purpose as a way to escape life. But it's opposite. The soul wants to experience life directly first. So it's really confusing because also I think there are particular things. Sometimes we come into this life where it seems like we have certain things coded on our soul, like codes for certain missions or certain journeys in this life. And we really feel the need to carry them out in this life. So why doesn't it always work? Why isn't, why isn't that always as easy as we think it should be? If we're so meant for something, why doesn't it work? I remember reading a Rumi line. It went around as a meme for a while, and you might have seen it before. The Rumi line that says, what you seek is seeking you. What you seek is seeking you. When I first heard that, I was annoyed. I was so annoyed because I was in the middle of everything I was seeking for not seeking me. Everything was crashing down around me every time I reached for something. Every time I really felt like I identified my true purpose and meaning and I tried to seek it and bring it into the world, it was not seeking me. So what the heck? What was that about? So that rooming line for a while really drove me insane because I could just see how we're attaching to that line to that line and we're attaching to that line of thinking and that conditioning that if we want something and we go for it, the entire universe will conspire to make it happen, right? Well, that wasn't happening for me. And what I realized is other things were happening and I ended up eventually rewriting that line and making my own meme in a way that I felt was more realistic. And what I said was, when what you seek is seeking you, that's how you know you're on the path of your soul. When what you seek is also seeking you, that's how you know you're on the path of your soul. Because there were so many times I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew what I was seeking and it didn't work out. And I came to realize that, oh, I might not always know what I need. I think I know what I want, but I don't always know what I need. I hadn't really begun to even know my deep soul needs until all the things I tried to seek for were falling away, which made me start realizing that, you know, I'm going to seek a lot of things that might not seek me back. I might go for a lot of things. If they don't want me back, if they're not reaching for me too, then it's not the thing. And the whole point of alchemy, the whole point of the alchemy for me became to get to that core place where I could live the life that actually wanted me. I could actually settle into the life that was also wanting me. And it became less about creating the life I thought I wanted and tuning in, really tuning in to the life that wanted me, that was living me. And when I could get to that place where I wanted that, that what wanted me, it's like a really good relationship, right? You know the feeling when you're reaching for something that isn't reaching back for you. It's like being in a relationship 
with someone who isn't committed on the same level you are. And you just keep thinking that if you just love them enough or you do something enough or you just wait for them, eventually they're going to see it too. Eventually they're going to want what you want and see what you see. But eventually, no, sometimes we have to see that, wow, this person doesn't want the same thing I want. And it's that way with our with our path too. If the path you're walking isn't walking you, is it really the path for your soul? And what I realized from so many things falling away from me, so many things not working out, and so many things taking a different turn than I thought, is that there was actually this underlying inevitability to my, to my path. There was an underlying inevitability to the true nature of things. And I developed a craving and it's the alchemist in me that awoke. The alchemist in me craves the true nature of things. Because until we get to the true nature of things, we're just living in fantasy. We're just deluding ourselves. And yes, that is part of the journey. And it's okay. And we have to fall. And we have to find. We have to, something has to get us down to the true nature of things. And I thought of this during the last episode when I mentioned hope versus inevitability and I love the concept of inevitability because the true nature of things is inevitable it's inevitable who we are is inevitable and eventually alchemy the fire the flood the dark nights the distillation the repeated washings everything wears away what's non-essential in us so we can see the true nature and I actually had a pretty good sense that something inevitable was going to happen. Something was inevitably pulling me at the beginning of my journey into these higher operations of alchemy, the second half of the mountain. I felt like something was pulling me, which I now know is the pull of the soul. And I wrote about it in this song that I'm going to play today, Fall from the Lie. I wrote about this idea that I was feeling pulled by something that was pulling me through my life to something else like I wasn't quite in the right life like the right life I was living was a little too small it didn't fit quite right and something was inevitably pulling me through and this happened little by little by me falling away from every known configuration of life for a girl like me for someone who was raised in the family I was and the religion I was every path I tried to walk little by little it just fell away it started with me breaking off my engagement to marry my high school sweetheart. After four years of dating, I realized something in me was like, I am not going to be able to live the life that I'm supposed to live if I marry him. And after that, it just snowballed from there. I left my writing job after college because I thought there's something more for me. And I opened a music studio, followed music as my career path, didn't quite work. I left my music studio after a while. Little by little, I was retreating, falling away from all the known life paths. And every time this happened, the people close to me would worry. My family would worry. My friends would worry. They would be like, what's your plan? And I had to say, I don't have a plan. I have a soul and it's pulling me through my life inside out, pulling me away from everything I thought I was going to live and be. And it's pulling me into the unknown. I don't have any answers, but I do know I'm being pulled somewhere. And I do know I have to follow it through. That I knew more than anything. 
And as I began to fall from all of this, I wrote this song to help me really get into the feeling of the inevitability of my path, the inevitability of my trajectory, that if I was going to sink down into my truest nature, the inevitable parts of me, it was going to take falling all the way through this old life, falling through everything that no longer fit again and again and again. And as worried as my friends and family were about me, there was a part of me that wasn't worried because I felt the inevitability. And that's where this song comes from. I'm, I'm going to play it first and talk a little bit more about it afterward. Me, I'm forever pulled by 
things I can't see, so I don't need no mercy. I don't need a prayer. I don't need a lie to get me there. No, I don't need a lie to get me there. So there it is. There's my soul fierceness. This part of me that didn't care if I was scared, that didn't care if I needed to know what the plan was or anyone else needed to know what the plan was because something was inevitably pulling me through to a new life, a new energy. And when I first wrote that line, when it first came out of me that I don't need no mercy, I don't need a prayer, I thought, oh my goodness, that's a really bold line because of course we need mercy. The way is paved by grace and mercy. But what I was pushing back against was the lie that if I didn't worship or pray in a certain way, then my life was going to be cursed, that I wouldn't be blessed, I would be out of God's favor. I was pushing back against the lie that if I didn't come back to the fold and do things the way everyone else was doing, that things would never work out for me. There was always this message for me and my family that we're praying for you, we're praying for you. And as much as that's well-intended, it also is not so well intended for someone like me, where it's like, I don't need that prayer. That that prayer and that ritual is not going to get me where I need to go. Like, I'm not falling in a bad way. Yes, I'm falling from grace, but I don't need a prayer when I have my soul. And little by little, I just kept feeling this fierceness that where I was headed wasn't dependent on me worshiping or reaching or grasping or chasing, begging, pleading for anything to happen in a certain way. It didn't require me to do any of those things, and I didn't have to cave or settle for a smaller story. What was coming for me was inevitable. And I really leaned into this idea that I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to pray. I didn't have to chase. If something wanted me, it would find me. If I wanted something and something wanted me, that alignment, when what you seek is seeking you, it doesn't require any of those qualifications. All of that said, of course, I didn't really know when I wrote this what was coming for me. Yes, I felt that feeling that I was inevitably being pulled into a life that I didn't know what it exactly was, but I knew it, I was headed for it and that I was going to follow that feeling of inevitability all the way through. I knew that but I didn't know how many rounds of alchemy it was actually going to take to clear away the misconceptions and the preconceived notions and the small stories out of my psyche. The really hard thing about this is that we have to try, we have to reach, we have to fall to get there. That's why I wanted to call this podcast Falling Into Soul, because we can't skip out on the falling. We can't just will ourselves into soul. We can't just will ourselves into core alignment. No, we stumble and fall and burn, crash and burn ourselves into soul alignment. We try until it doesn't work. We try and try and try until it just doesn't work anymore. And then we surrender. There's a line in a Patty Griffin song that I love, her song Rain, where she says, it's hard to know when to give up the fight. Some things you want may just never be right. I love that so much because we can really feel like we're meant for something and we can try for it and try for it and try for it. And it can just not 
work? And when do we give that up? When do we know, you know what, this thing isn't right, but I'm going to live my essence into a different form. I'm going to live my true nature in a different way than I could have imagined. And yes, this goes along with what we talked about in episode three with the grief. We're not going to always get things happening in the way we think they should happen. We may feel we're meant for a soulmate. We may feel we are meant to heal others. We may feel we are meant to be a guide or a teacher or an artist or all these things that we feel are our callings and our and our true nature and that we're here to offer to the world, but they're not going to happen in the way that we think they should. We have so many misconceptions about that. And that's what's falling away. And we live our true nature. We live our inevitability in ways that we couldn't have known. And I have to say, being on the other side of that song now, a decade later, looking back at what I wrote, feeling what I felt then, that I was being pulled through what I would call the second half of the mountain journey, that distillation journey of really getting in alignment with soul and spirit. I have to say that I was right. I was headed for a place that was headed for me. I didn't need a prayer to get me there because it was inevitable. If I just kept subjecting myself to the alchemy, to the ego blows, to the annihilations and the shatterings, I was eventually going to come into this alignment with my inevitability. And I've been living in this energy now for a while to know that I was successful. I was successful at following my soul all the way through to my true alignment, my true place. I didn't stop at any of the smaller stories as tempting and heartbreaking as it was not to sometimes. And this is the thing about soul. In the pull of the soul, we have to stop assuming we know where it's taking us. We have to trust the soul to take us where it takes us, not where we think it should take us. And we learn to trust our intuition to take us where it's taking us. We make assumptions about our intuition, but we don't know where it's leading. We don't know what it means. We follow it and we discover it as we go. We follow the pull of the soul and discover it as we go. So if you're in the process of subjecting yourself to that alchemy right now, I know the feeling. It's really, really hard. There are so many lift, drop, crashes, wash, rinse, repeat, feels like the rug is being pulled out from under you so many times. It feels like the darkness is so unbearable, sometimes so heavy. And the LVs, the lower vertical experiences can become so heavy and we can feel so meaningless. But that meaninglessness, that nothingness, that pointlessness is pulling us through, pulling us through all our misconceptions, preconceived notions into a new life. Yes, there's grief in this, but there's nothing that feels quite as good to me as living the inevitability of the true nature, living the life that actually wants to live me, being with the people in relationship that actually want to be in relationship with me in the way that I need, equal reciprocity, equal exchange, mutual respect. That's where we're headed. We're balancing these energies out as we come into alignment with all that is with our path. And I make so little promises when it comes to this work because we don't get to escape the falling. We don't get to escape the hard alchemy it takes to get to these places. 
and we don't get to escape life itself. There's a quote I just read recently in my friend Michael DeMaria's book, Ever Flowing On. It's by Herman Hesse, and it feels like it really fits here. My story is not a pleasant one. It is neither sweet nor harmonious, as invented stories are. It has the taste of nonsense and chaos, of madness and dreams, like the lives of all who stop deceiving themselves. So I make so little promises about this work because I don't know. I don't know what you're going to have to walk through. I don't know where it's going to take you. But I do know that when we go through the alchemy of distilling, burning, clearing away everything that's in our way of being in a relationship with the true nature of ourselves and everything else, then we can begin to work magic. And it gets easier once we've gone through the alchemy to clear that away, we spend less time being in delusion, less time deluding ourselves, quicker to get to the true nature, less time falling, more time making magic. The fall just becomes a part of it. So it becomes so much easier. We tune into those senses. We develop the sense to be, to see, to intuit the true nature of things much quicker. To an alchemist, to a soul like me, that's worth it. So if you're in this alchemy, I can tell you that much at least. And I wish you well as you walk your path. Again, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. You can go to McCallErickson.com to find more of my writings and my music and ways to support it and support the podcast. Thank you for doing so. Until next time, be well in soul. So many things that don't matter. I can't see so I